Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you so much, as always, for making your way here and checking this out. You know what to do. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week, so it's a great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists, discover some new ones, and know what's happening in the music world. Of course, you can do so at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Jose Gonzalez. We're going to be talking about uh, Local Valley. This is his first album since 2015's Vestiges and Claws. The Swedish singer-songwriter will be talking about effective altruism as a way to make the world a better place and how it fits in with his lyrics, being frustrated with what he calls doomsday dudes, and how a line like, we're all in this together, is both a statement and a plea. Now, Gonzalez also discusses incorporating Western African music into his style and covering his other band, Junip's song, Line of Fire, on this set. So let's do it. Local Valley, it's Kyle Meredith with Jose Gonzalez. Hello. Happy to be here. It's great to have you back again. I mean, you're, you're busy. You stay busy. You stay working. But there is um, a bit of a gestation period between your albums uh, over yes, the years. Uh, <laughs> my normal pace is uh, three years between albums. Uh, give or take and then uh, this time it was six years so yeah it's uh, it's been slower than usual but but I wherever I am I feel like I'm working hard so <laughs> so it's not like I'm lazy <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone would call you lazy though that's a so I mean so for that much time in between so for this set how far back do these songs go are they all relatively still new or do they stretch yeah, I mean, they stretch, uh, like always, actually. So uh, so I have a couple of songs that I started working with in uh, 2016, 2017. That's when I had, uh, I would say, half half the album in, form of, uh, in the form of demos that were just guitar and vocals. But then, uh, yeah, I got off track once in a while. And then uh, in 19, I was able to sit down and work for a couple of months in a row. And, and in early 2020, I had... The whole album written at least and uh but yeah so uh i became a dad and that took some time i was out touring with the orchestra released a live album with them uh, that also took some time um and then the pandemic of course was also 
the reason why it's it's been six years and not not three. Oh, that little thing, the uh, that yeah. pandemic thing. <laughs> That's just... So much has happened though in that six years, and so much has happened in the time that you started writing this. Even you know in the in the three or four years in there as well. And, and I, I'm curious if that starts to uh, show itself throughout the record. Like there is a mantra, I, I, as I hear it anyway, on this. I mean, there's you literally say the words, we're all in this together. Yes. <laughs> and it, it's, it's repeated over and over. Is that a statement or a plea? Uh, I guess both. Uh, we're, we're here together in the Carl Sagan sense where he mentioned the pale blue dot when we look from outer space we see this tiny little rock in a dark and cold universe that doesn't care that much about us so, so we need to sort of take care of ourselves but it's also a plea so the the song visions uh, it's about envisioning a common future there's um effective altruism as i read it i mean that's something that's important to you and i feel like that yeah. probably fits into what we're talking about here could you explain a little bit about that Sure. I mean, it's some. It's a community of uh, of people that try to do the most good they can with the resources they have, the money or time. And uh, I've been inspired by them for for almost ten years now. And and uh, yeah. So I part part of my what I do is to to give money to effective charities, charities that do exceptionally good for each dollar spent. Uh, but then. More specifically, with with this song, uh, "Visions," I'm, I'm I was thinking about the the research uh, this community does in terms of uh, both catastrophic risks and existential risks, and uh, and that's where we uh, feel like there's uh, two the risks are a bit a bit too high <laughs> this coming uh, century. Uh, there was a book called "The Precipice" by Toby Ord where when he asked many of the experts in, in the different fields, he got to a figure of uh, five and six that will make it through the, these coming hundred years, which also means that, yeah, there's a risk of one in six that we don't make it unless we collaborate and try to be preventive uh, with the uh, nuclear, power, uh, nuclear weapons, with the pandemics, with AI and other, other topics. And so this uh, song especially was inspired by, by that. The song is so much more poetic and pretty than the fear that I just felt from all the things that you just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, I mean, there are uh, negative risks, but then, of course, there's positive potentials. And those are truly amazing once you start thinking about the, the, the potential that humanity has in front of us. Uh, so, so, yeah, it is... Uh, a song that isn't meant to to only speak to the negative stuff, but to the potential positive stuff. And that's and there there is an optimism. There is an optimism all throughout this record. And this goes back to sort of what I was asking earlier. Written over a period of time, when you know the um, environmental catastrophes have only gotten worse over the past handful of years. Uh, we, here in America, we definitely have been going through the ringers on the political side of things. To have that optimism in the music, did that ever falter as you were writing it, as you were as you were writing over the course of a few years, or does it change? I should say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I write from song to song, and and uh, uh, I mean, I'm able to go down both paths: uh, the sort of we're doomed path, or the look at how wonderful our future is path. <laughs> 
And uh, so it depends on what I want to convey with each song, I guess. Uh, so there, there is uh, a, a lot of frustration in a couple of songs. Uh, Local Valley, the, the song in Spanish, Valle Local, is uh, I'm airing my frustration about uh, this tribalism that we can see in, in around the world and, and uh, country by country where, where you get these political divides where uh, it seems like we talk past each other and not to each other. Uh, so, so I was envisioning two tribes stuck in a local valley and uh, basically not seeing the, the more beautiful valleys uh, nearby. Uh, if we only collaborated, we would be in a nicer place. Uh, there's a frustration of dogmatism. That's, uh, I guess, one of the binding themes of the album where I'm uh, very frustrated with dogmatism, the uh, inability to update your views. Uh, uh, that's uh, and it's something that isn't uh, super easy. Uh, I mean, I, I try to update my views, but it's, uh, it's easy to fall back on, on what feels good or what, what's comfortable in your head. And I, I know you've talked a lot about it. It's been written about, you know, how for the first time, this isn't just an English record, that there is songs in Spanish, there is songs in Swedish. I don't know if I was listening to it this way, but it seems like the more frustrating moments coming from you were coming from the, the Spanish and Swedish songs. Um, whereas I found a lot of hope when you were singing in English. Am I hearing that right? Was the divide like that, huh. uh, you know, as, as, as straight? Ah, uh, no, it, it, I mean, I wrote Lila Guman, which is Lila G. Uh, that's basically the little darling. I'm saying that over and over again. <laughs> that's not very frustrated. It's a, the first song I, I, I started with vocals and lyrics and then did a song out of it. Uh, and also I had a, version of Swing, the most uh, like danceable or, or like happy song on the album. And at first that was in, I wrote it in Swedish, uh, but it, my girlfriend didn't like it that much. So <laughs> we, we redid it in, in English and it worked better. Uh, Spanish, I think El Invento uh, has a certain degree of frustration, but I, I tried that one to me is more about finding poetry and in, in these uh, existential questions. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, there is a, a certain amount of frustration in that one. But uh, I mean, I can be honest, the, the, the song Schumme is in Swedish. And if you read the translation, it sounds very <laughs> angry or frustrated. And, and to me, that was part of the, the, the reason why I chose Swedish, uh, because it, um, it sounds more like I'm just talking and it's not so much a yeah, for me, it doesn't sound as harsh in Swedish, to be honest, but the translation sounds harsh. <laughs> I think that's what I picked up on, too. That, that's the one yeah. that the, uh, you said the word T-J-O-M-M-E. Is yeah. that the? Yeah, yeah. Schumme, which is a uh, Gothenburg slang for dude. And basically, I'm thinking about dudes that are extremely certain about things and how they will be in the future. And uh, there's uh, every every culture seems to have <laughs> these dudes and, and many cultures base their whole ideologies on these dudes and uh, so yeah i'm frustrated with them and uh, and i was looking through so basically doomsday dudes is one of the things that i've been interested in and i and i noticed just a couple of months ago that yeah even a charismatic dude like buddha was a doomsday dude he had specific ideas how the world would end or who would get to pass to to the next level <laughs> 
That's interesting. You just flipped this whole script on that right there. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I, when I when I ran that through, it's probably like Google Translate or something. I mean, yeah, the first thing I thought was, oh, I know some of these people. I I, I know people yeah. like that. I know people like that all over the internet's uh, that yes, kind of yes, fit yes. the description on that. Mm. Um, the uh, the the Latin and and uh, you said African influences also kind of make yeah. you know find it. Where did they come from, and and why did you decide to go down those routes musically this time around? Yeah, uh, so um, I've been inspired by music from uh, Western Africa for, for a long time. So with my second album uh, already, I was writing songs like Killing for Love and and, uh, and later Stories We Build, Stories We Tell and What Will. Uh, and and I was inspired by Tina Rewen, Ali Farka Tore. Uh, I had the chance to uh, do a short tour in Sweden with CD Tore and, uh, and also I had a jam session with Bombino from Nigeria. And uh, so, yeah, I've been sort of trying to find new paths, uh, how I can play the guitar in more interesting ways. And uh, so I've been jamming. I, I don't feel like I uh, have the style down down properly, but uh, I'm able to fuse a bit of those influences into my own music. And, and that's been really fun. And it's been a, a fun part of the live, live set to to switch to what I call are the riff oriented music. Now, you know, it's, it's, it's storied. It's been told many times before, but you come from this, um, from your youth in like a punk background, it's sometimes even a hardcore punk background. Will we ever hear that from you again? Probably not. <laughs> I think there are many <laughs> genres that I probably do better than hardcore, but it was fun back, back when I was a teenager and I was uh, writing riffs. I was doing backup screaming. <laughs> Uh, I was playing bass at that time, um, and nowadays I, I mean, I still have my favorites like "Sick of It All" and when I'm out running, there's one one track by uh, 108 that uh, I'm able to run really fast up up the hill <laughs> when I listen to that track. Uh, but no, I, I don't have ambitions on making new hardcore music. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know how the two styles would fit together like in my head, but. Um... But if anybody can pull it off, I suppose it's you. So it's <laughs> your vision. Um, there are those moments there. And we've been talking about, you know, with, with these the styles and the feelings, even a song that you brought up with, uh, with Leela G. Uh, and and I, I wrote down over here, when the emotion goes further than the words can, because there's not a lot of words in the song. But I even, like not knowing who it's about, what it's about, I feel like I still feel the emotion that comes through there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was basically uh, me hanging out with my daughter and she was a toddler and just uh, I was coming up with new melodies every day. And, and that one, I was just singing to her. And it just goes on and on. And, and uh, yeah, it just means little darling. <laughs> So, it's interesting. Uh, yeah. We all we all sing songs to our kids. You just were able to turn around and 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 make art out of it. Most of my little rhymes to my kid would just you know out and gone. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was fun. Yeah. Um, the the swing, the other one you had brought up, which is the dance song, your dance song on this. Does that sort of come from a similar spot from you? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I was um, I always liked. Uh, music with the drum machines from, from Latin America, from Africa. Uh, I like the, the guitars from high life music from Ghana or, uh, or Congo. 
uh, and also samba, of course. So, so that song, I, I was uh, allowing myself to show these influences and, and put them into one of my own songs. So it was a bit of a struggle to, to make all these songs fit together on an album. But uh, uh, one, one way to look at it when, when I was producing it was to think about it as a four-sided uh, LP, where you have two LPs and four sides. And that's when it clicked in a way. So having uh, Lila Gi and, and Swing and Shuma as a drum machine trio, together with Lasso In, which is also a, uh, yeah, sort of playful song. Yeah, the four side really allows you to get away with some stuff. Then, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it just won. and of course, uh, just me allowing myself <laughs> to do different things. And I, I think uh, it's partly me becoming a dad that I'm allowing myself to be silly and and, and nerdy and just showing more of myself. <laughs> uh, the cover that makes its way on here happens to be you covering yourself, um, more or less, because uh, yeah. there's a new version of uh, Junip's Line of Fire. What was it about that one that spoke to you this time around? Yeah, it's become one of my go-to songs when I'm playing live, uh, to when I want to play a Junip song. And I'm, I'm proud of it. It's one of my favorite Junip songs. Uh, and for this album, it, it felt like the lyric, um, it, it was a piece of the puzzle that was needed for the album, uh, a song that was more personal in tone, uh, a bit more reflective, not so certain in a way. So that, that one together with Enstun Puyudan, the other cover, which is a song by Lale, um, was also like, a, they needed to give more emphasis to songs like Visions, which uh, so like, uh, but yeah, the, the, there needed to be another side, the more reflective and, and one that deals with death and which is uh, also, of course, uh, very important part of our existence and that it's actually limited and, and how to make that uh, how, how to make poetry of that without feeling uh, uh, too too dark and and i think she did a wonderful job writing that song when when her mom died and it's uh, it has this humanistic tone of uplifting celebratory uh, style of uh, looking at our limited time on earth well, you do, I mean, uh, your own songs too. I mean, there's so much poetry that goes along with this. And and I mean, what you do, you create these beautiful soundscapes. We've been such fans for so long. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> cool. Uh, oh yeah, I can uh, mention a third uh, cover, so to speak. The Honey, Honey, the last song, which is- Oh, right. Uh, I didn't know that was a I, cover. Well, it's, uh, I mean, I wrote the lyrics, but it's a collaboration with uh, DJ Kotze, a German artist and- uh, so yeah, his version is called Music on My Teeth. And uh, and it's basically a song for my girlfriend. Um, so a, a bit of sensuality was needed on the album. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd actually um, forgot about that part because when you do read the lyrics, when you just read the lyrics and you get to the point where the lyric is honey on, on, on it was a honey on your titties. Is that, is that the yeah, actual yeah. line? Yeah, that's yeah. like, wait, what? That's not what you expect from a Jose Gonzalez record in that sense. <laughs> So, uh, once again, I wanted an album that, that showed more of me. <laughs> well, again, I mean, Local Valley, it's, it's so good. And I know it took a long time to get here, but I'm so happy that you're still producing this kind of music and, and what you're doing. Like I said, we've been such fans for such a long time. So, dude, mm. thank you so much. Um, and thank I don't you. say dude like you meant dude in the other song. I just mean, hey, man. <laughs> but thank yeah, you yeah, so much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. That's fun. Fun talking. Yeah. So you want to be a rock and roll star? 
No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Now, the last time I spoke with Jose was uh, all the way back in 2015 when he had just released Vestiges and Claws. And that's when we started talking about West African music, but also mass migration, the environment, and the lack of uh, anything interesting in pop music at that moment. So uh, I'll include that part two of Kyle Meredith with Jose Gonzalez. Thank you. Good it's, to be here. It's great to see you in town again. Okay. Uh, in fact, you've uh, you've brought a guitarist here, Jacob Albinson. Yeah. You yeah. guys were just telling me, and I figure we might as well start with this. You've got quite the uh, local history tie. Yeah, right? I, I was uh, I was playing uh, second guitar in Jacob's band, uh, only if you call me Jonathan. Mm-hmm. And we so one of my earliest tours, our earliest tours, were were in Europe with a band from here, Elliot. Elliot, right? Which uh, a lot of uh, our listeners will know, especially Kevin Ratterman. Uh, who's a drummer for Elliot, a uh, super yeah. producer now, uh, which is which is kind of cool. I mean, yeah. you know, you talk about you know small small world, and then you you end up with something like that. Yeah, that's no, it's fun. Yeah, maybe we can have some kind of recreation with that tonight. Everybody mm. can get their emo on. Yeah, go back to the uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. get the late nineties yeah. on. Uh, I doubt we're going to get that, especially from uh, your new record. That's not exactly the sound that we know from uh, Jose Gonzalez solo. No, no, yeah, more <laughs> just acoustic guitar. And yeah, and I guess that's kind of the story with this record. It's even more acoustic guitar than, than usual. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a couple of songs where I've, I, uh, I didn't do what I usually do with stick to just one guitar. I, I had a couple of riffs that felt a bit empty, so I added more guitar and more percussion and a bit more of more vocals yeah um but it's still on the the very sparse end of the spectrum yeah i've heard you talk about a lot of the music that you were kind of listening to at the time and i know there was the uh, the latin american style but i think what i was most interested in is when you started talking about west african music yeah so on on the new album i I let myself uh, indulge a bit more in (laughs) in that style and so there's like three songs that that have riffs that that are definitely like inspired by yeah. Bands like Tinari Wen and Sidi Torre and, and like, others. And, and, and you know, I, so I, I'm really kind of trying to educate myself on that type of music specifically right now. Is there a way you can explain like what makes West African music, specifically West African music? Uh, I'm, I'm not the best uh, describer of music styles, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, you have these like steel string guitar or sometimes electric guitars where it's... Uh, Usually just one string at a time, or, or uh, and and very droney. Mm-hmm. So many times you have uh, one or two different bass notes where where they alternate, and uh, and you have these like bubbly mm-hmm. uh, bubbly type of uh, uh, ornaments, <laughs> which is kind of what we would be we we would know when we think about that stuff about that area. Those bright guitars that kind of jump around and hop yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, many times uh, uh, it's referred to desert blues, uh, uh-huh. especially the the, the the style that Tina Wen represents. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know what more to say, but yeah. Well, no, it's a, it's a cool place to go to for inspiration because I mean, 
you know, when we look in your past, of course, we see, you know, a couple of the covers you're most famous for, and those come from electronic. And, and I think about, you know, when an artist has to go somewhere for inspiration, when they have to look towards other music and, and you had kind of chosen not to look at any kind of pop music at all. Like this is a completely yeah. different style of music right here. This is yeah, what we'd be yeah. used to hearing coming from you, I guess. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, it was uh, basically noticing that I was listening more and more to this style of music and, and, uh, and then all of a sudden realizing that yeah i mean i'm playing guitar when why not learn or or try to imitate that style too yeah did it have anything to do against what we would i guess think of as as pop music here like i, I think at the time when i was reading some of your other interviews i was also reading this leonard bernstein interview where he talked about just pop music being really boring at this mm. point like the most interesting music being made elsewhere but it's music that we wouldn't usually be open to hearing around here um yeah, I guess I agree to some extent with that. Like, there's, uh, I feel like music serves so many different uh, purposes depending on who you are and where you are. Mm -hmm. And and right now, of course, there's a huge movement with with uh, subwoofer-based music, mm -hmm. <laughs> and and also many times not acoustic, so you can bring up the volumes extremely loud, and that's kind of fun in itself. But but yeah, I I I've been. Uh, interested in these like acoustic music where where you uh, almost whisper and and inspired by John Gilberto and Chet Baker and mm -hmm. it's a type of music that wouldn't work in the big festivals I think <laughs> yeah. so yeah I think there's always like parallel worlds going on and so what you hear in, on the radio or big festivals is is not the whole picture and you've always been really interesting the way you interpret other songs of course you know we bring up uh heartbeats and teardrop there, there isn't a cover on this one there's there's no yeah, cover song this yeah. time around <laughs> no i mean uh, with with junip with my other band uh, we when we did our two first albums we decided uh actively not to do any covers because i was known for covers and even junip was known for the bruce springsteen cover and uh so does, does that get annoying does do, uh, do you do you ever want to stand out and say I'm more than that, but like we know that you're more than that. Yeah, you know, the, I think that was the point with with Junip to to uh, avoid covers just for that reason. Yeah. But since then, I I feel like it's um, so. On this record, I actually had enough songs to fill an album. I felt mm -hmm. I didn't need to to uh, to add more uh, other other songs, and uh, I guess yeah. It's so it's it wasn't so much about proving, but but being just happy with the stuff that I have. Yeah. Uh, I've gotten um, to a point now, uh, Jose, where I'm using your Twitter page to get my news from. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, I figure it's... I can just block out all of the 24-hour news and find the stuff most pertinent to keeping myself alive. Okay, oh, that's great. Uh, it's, it's become uh, one of the uh, things that I've been starting to do recently. Like, uh, I used to keep my artistry mm -hmm. separate from my person. But uh, but it's been fun to retweet stuff that I think is interesting and and maybe important sometimes. Uh, so would... cats that uh, <laughs> no, uh, but but like no cats. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so yeah, I, I like to retweet stuff uh, yeah. from um, people that uh, do statistics and and show where the world is headed or could be headed or yeah. Yeah, I, I see that. I mean, it, it seems to me like you know. It seems to me the environment is really important to you, and that feels really silly to say because it should be important to everybody, but I, I, I suppose it's not. And I wonder if, like, just being a touring musician of the world lends itself to you to actually see that a bit more and to, to feel that a bit more. Uh, yeah, and, and not only the environment, but, but uh, 
the whole theme about nationalism and cultures and and globalization yeah that has definitely become one of my main interests and um, partly from my heritage like my parents from Argentina coming to Sweden I was born there and and I'm but but then also the the touring part and singing in English and yeah meeting so many people from from different cult- cultures nationalism is a weird thing it is it is <laughs> yeah and uh, so I, I retweeted a TED talk that was talking uh, uh, a woman was talking about how how you could instead of asking where you're from you could ask uh, where are you local oh right uh, so so you might be local in a couple of different places and might be certain skin color but but yeah that's a really cool way to uh, think yeah, about I, that. Yeah, I kind of like it. So that's the sort of stuff I like to retweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Once I once I was really concentrating on on your Twitter page, it puts some of your songs in a new context. Like, like there's "Stay Alive," which I, I, I guess actually Ryan Adams. He, yeah, is he right. But but yeah. hearing that in that context, and then "Afterglow" off yeah, the new record, yeah. because there is that repeating line with "All of this will be gone someday." Hmm. <laughs> you know, and, it, and, yeah. and I think that song actually means something different. But but hitting that line just over and over and over like yeah. that. Yeah, I, I guess with that one, I, I I wasn't really thinking what I wanted with it, but it's almost like just scaring people. Like yeah. everything will be gone. Everything will be gone. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. I mean, I think about environment. I think about global issues and. And uh, when you zoom out and, and look at all of us people from a perspective, from a geological time or, or from a not only national mm-hmm. uh, islands, you, you, you get a different perspective where, where some stuff d- doesn't seem that important and some seem super important. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I guess you're getting a very personal take on the migrant issue. That, that's yeah, yeah, so that's one of the issues where uh, in Sweden and many other European countries we're talking about it the whole time, but many times it's about, oh shit, there's so many people coming to our country and, right. and, and they're not talking about the, the millions of people that are need, needing to, to leave. So it's, more, it's a very like uh, me perspective right? <laughs> many times. So, so yeah, that's one of the issues. Yeah. yeah. It's a very humanistic uh, expression that you're putting out there, yeah. Which I appreciate. Uh, I appreciate yeah. a lot, yeah. and and I like hearing it in, in the music too. Uh, which I guess we should be uh, talking about again. Jose Gonzalez. The new record is called Vestiges and Claws. Uh, Jose is going to be uh, at Headliners tonight. Uh, full band. Or? Yeah. So it's going to be Jacob and and then um, uh, Andres Entria and Yuval Vesperi and James Matthew. Uh, so five five people. More percussion. More vocals. Five people for a, for a very tiny sound. Yeah. <laughs> very personal sound. Yeah, I mean, these two songs are the, the quietest mm-hmm. ones, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And again, my thanks, Jose Gonzalez. The new album is called Local Valley. Big thanks to you again for uh, checking out the episode. Hit that subscribe button before you get out of here. I put out new interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with all your favorite artists. After that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. That's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You you can also find me on the uh, social media spots, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time.
Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.